Hello and welcome to the Encore Offstage podcast, a conversational podcast where we discuss all things theatre. With me, Adam Guest. With me, Ben Bradley. And me, Lucy Gazzard. How are we doing, guys? How are we all doing? Yeah, all right. It's also like it's been a while since we've been back recording, but it's, it has, it's good it? to be back. It is good to be back. Have you all had a good uh, bit in between? Break? That's what I was going to say. Break. <laughs> yeah, the bit in between, Adam. Bit in between. <laughs> Not been as eventful. I quite look forward to doing all these recordings. I do. It's good fun. Yeah, it's nice, especially whilst there's nothing else going on. It's like, oh, it's good to sort of see people and talk to people. Yeah. And I've, I've had, well, I know we've had a few people that uh, we've spoken to and interviewed who have said exactly the same thing. It's nice to sort of talk and see to people, see people, see to people, see people um, in in interviews. Yeah, so and, and in some cases, see different people who you wouldn't know. Exactly. It's always nice. Mm. So, Ben, what have you got for us today? I'm bringing a topic this week in which I was talking about your approach to rehearsals. And Who's my approach to rehearsals? Well, but just in general and rehearsal etiquette and how you prepare oh, for shows you? and things. So This should be very interesting. Chat about that later. You might on, have to learn a bit of two. I like this. And I'm doing a quiz, which we can go into right now if you would like. Are you guys ready for a quiz? I think that's a great idea. I'm ready for a quiz. Good. Well, good. What we've got today is we have got a quiz based on whether you think that these stage productions are real or fake. Okay. Ooh, okay. I'm going to mention a stage production. I'm going to go to you each individually, so don't worry about having to buzz in. Um, you keep your own scores because I can't be bothered. So, <laughs> what we're going to do, so I might say, for example, a name of something, and you've got to tell me whether there is a stage production based on it. Okay? okay. Cool. Doesn't have to be musical. Uh, well, actually, it says, "Is there really a musical version of such and such?" Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So it might be worth if you tell me if there's a musical based on these things. Okay. Okay. So um, let's start with Ben. Oh, good. Right. <laughs> ben. Oh. Okay. Ben. Dracula. Is there a production of Dracula? A musical production of Dracula. Um, I probably should know this. I'm gonna say yes. Yes, there is. There we go. There is a musical production of Dr- Dracula done by Frank Wildhorn. Of course. Who did, who did the Scarlet Pimpernel? And I think we've talked one. about that, haven't we, in the past? Possibly. Yeah. Rings a bell. Lucy. Yes. Tangled. Oh. I, I don't think there is. I know there's a Frozen musical production, but I don't think there's a Tangled one yet. You would be correct. There is no musical production of Tangled. You're there is on the cruise okay. ships. There is on the cruise ships? Yeah, on Disney cruise ships, they have a Tangled musical special. Just saying. Ah, uh, well, but... in which case, that doesn't count. Cruise ships don't count. <sighs> your quiz is wrong, Adam. Ben. Check your quizzes. Sorry. Ben. Yes. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Oh, so we did spam a lot. So, are we thinking we did the Holy Grail? Uh, I'm gonna say mm, yes. Yes, it's spam a lot. Oh, is it? Is that just what it is? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the that's the basis for the musical. That's yeah. embarrassing. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. There's a bit, isn't there, in it where they're singing "We <laughs> Eat Spam and Spam a Lot" in the actual film? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Lucy, okay. Spider Man. Is there a musical based on Spider-Man? I mean, I've never 
I've never heard of one, so I'm going to say no. I know there's like a Batman one. There is actually a musical based on Spider-Man. Spider-Man Into the Dark. Um, it was panned at Broadway because there were loads of injuries because they used lots of acrobatics and stage wires and stuff. There's a video of uh, a gentleman uh, who's playing the role of Spider-Man and he falls off an object onto the stage. Um, oh. And you can hear somebody screaming because it's obviously not supposed to happen. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere. But uh, yes, it was. It didn't last very long because it was really high budget and it was really unsafe. I remember reading about it. It was an article a couple of weeks ago that resurfaced, like sort of ten years on, looking back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ben. Yes. Carrie. Uh, yes, there's a musical about Carrie. There is a musical about Carrie. Well done. That was quick. There you go. Well, I know because you've done it. And you never stopped, you stopped talking about it. Oh, thanks. So, okay. I think harsh but fair, Adam. Harsh but fair. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving swiftly on. Lucy, Fifty Shades of Grey. Is there a musical based on Fifty Shades of Grey? I bloody hope not. <laughs> You'd be wrong. There is a musical based on... Oh, God! Is there? <clears throat> yep. Oh, God. <laughs> is, 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 is it as cringy and awful as the actual book? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I I attempted to read it. It was so bad. It's one of the few books I couldn't finish. And I remember hearing a girl on the train saying, it's the best piece of literature I've ever read. And I said, well, clearly you've only ever read magazines before because that book was bottled. <laughs> ben. Yes. The Hunger Games. Ooh. Real or fake? I feel like there's probably been a concept musical out there that's flopped. But I'm going to be safe and say no. You'd be right to say no. There hasn't been a musical concept of The Hunger Games. You're so good at this, Ben. I'm, I'm literally, I, I've got no idea. I'm just making it up <laughs> to go along. Just me. <laughs> Lucy. Lucy. Shrek. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a Shrek one, and it's yeah, awesome. Shrek one. It's, it's, so awesome. it's very good. Ben. Yes. Is there a musical? I don't know why I'm laughing, because this... Uh, is there a musical based on the documentary Planet Earth? No. Are you sure? No, but no. That is the correct answer. Phew. Lucy. I've, sorry, I've lost count of my own score. <laughs> it's all right, I've got a score. Don't <laughs> I've got one point. What, what's happened to it? Right, sorry. Take it back. Lucy. Making a Murderer, the Netflix series. I'm I'm going to say yes on that one. I have a feeling they've done something with that. No, they haven't. There's no musical based on Good making series, a murder. You're not doing well, Lucy. Come on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> ben. Hello. Is there a musical based on Kellogg's serial characters? Like Tony the Tiger, Snap, Crackle and Pop. Define musical. Is it like they, they did a mini musical, musical. advert once upon a time? Or a music, a no, no. Uh, right. The stage production. Oh, it probably was in the 90s because we know what sort of acid trip that was. So, yeah. Okay. Let's take that back, shall we? No, let's not. Let's just keep that in there. No, there is no musical based on the Kellogg serial characters. Good. I thought there'd be something from the 90s that had surfaced to everyone. Oh, yeah, because it was a real acid trip, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 
can't say that. Lucy. The Heathers. Oh, yes. And it is the best show ever. Love Heathers. Okay. Yes, you're right. There is a musical based on Heathers. Ben, is there a musical based on the film The Holiday? Mm, Yes. No, there isn't. Oh. Oh, dear. Lucy, Mm -hmm. is there a musical based on Love Actually? I'm going to say no, because I've not heard of one before, and I'd have thought you would have heard of one for Love Actually. You are correct. There is no musical based on Love Actually. Ben. Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm going to say no, but there probably is. Uh, No, there is no musical for the Pirates of the Caribbean. There is the ride at Disneyland, but there is no... Musical. Yes, because the film was based on the ride, but that's right. Yes. Lucy. Mm-hmm. Tarzan. I'm I'm gonna say yes, because it already had a great soundtrack for it. Yes. Disney's Disney's Tarzan does have a stage show, a musical show. Didn't it flop? Oh yeah. I thought it did. Ben, yes. Is there a musical based on the film Breakfast at Tiffany's. Another scene in it, which is bad. Um, I'm going to say yes. You'd be correct. Hey. There is. Yeah. There is a musical based on Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Is there a musical or a stage production on Stranger Things, the Netflix series? Oh. I, I don't think there is. I've not heard of one. There is one. No, there isn't. You're right. There isn't. But there definitely should be. There should be. There definitely. There should be. Make a good musical. Ben, is there a musical based on US presidents who were assassinated or had an attempted assassination? Uh, yes. You'd be right. Yes, there is. That's a very niche show to go yeah. with. <laughs> it's, Assassins. it's Assassins by Stephen Sondheim. Oh, yes. The Playhouse did that last year, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And the last one, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Is there a musical or a stage production based on the sitcom How I Met Your Mother? I'm going to say no. You'd be right to say no. There is no stage production based on them. So well done. So what are the scores on the doors, Miss Forbes or Miss Gazard? There is eight for Ben and seven for me. So that's nice and close. Well done, guys. Excellent quiz. Pause. There will now be a jump cut as our Zoom meeting ends. Yeah, sorry. So now it's time to move on to my topic this week. And this week I thought we'd talk about like approach to rehearsals. Okay. Okay. So I wrote some questions because I thought we might need them. Oh, here we go. So. <clears throat> Give him a podcast. He writes questions. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, do prep. Um, do you have any tips or tricks for approaching a script or a score that you could give out? How do you learn lines? And is there anything that uh, sort of peeves you about rehearsal etiquette or anything you think is particularly, especially Adam as a director, anything you find particularly important with rehearsal etiquette? So, if we start with tips and tricks to learning a script or a score, 
Shall we pass it to Lucy first? Yes. Oh, <clears throat> I think the trouble is, I think I am the worst person to ask about this because I'm really good at memorising words. And I think it's because when I was a child, I used to do competitive poetry reading. <laughs> and you got right. more and you got more points if you remembered the whole page. So I used to memorize the whole thing and then, you know, you know, read it out because you get distinctions that way. So I was pretty good at doing it. I was I used to get distinctions. I came sort of, you know, first and a few, third and second quite a lot. And I find sort of just training your mind to sort of read and remember, I think is the important thing. I think you've got to really dedicate yourself to doing that because that's the only way you're going to remember it just repetition I always think is the best way for remembering things and I always like to do it sort of if I'm particularly with music or sort of a script if I'm traveling so in that sort of dead time when you're doing nothing like I'd always get it out on the bus and just sort of sit there and do it lunchtime if you're not doing anything you just feel a bit more productive and I find sort of if you just keep getting sort of snatches throughout the day where you can do it mm-hmm. then that works a lot and the scores I definitely think get a good cast recording and just sort of listen to it. like I like doing it in the when I get up in the morning so put it on while I'm in the shower and just keep listening to it while I'm getting ready in the morning and then, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Certainly for me anyway, I find that works just repetition. I'm afraid when it comes to learning lines, I have a bit of a scientific formula. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so what I do is I get a script and I highlight all my lines and I count how many pages of script have got my lines on, even if it's got oh. one line on. Okay. And then what I do is I set myself a deadline when I want to learn the lines by and I divide the amount of pages by that number of days and that gives me an average of how many pages I need to learn a day to get them by that deadline so for example if you want to do act one if you say the example the director says I need to learn by act one by this date right and I go right okay so I've got that many pages of script I've got to do. So I've got to do three, three pages a day, including, like I say, the ones that have just got one page on. So it doesn't mean you have to do that. I mean, if the lines are fairly easy. They should be fairly straightforward. Um, and I have a dictaphone. Um, and I just record my cue lines on the yeah. dictaphone. I used to have an electronic one, which had the number on. So I used to write on the script page, at the top of the script page, what the cue line number was so that I could go straight to it if I needed to go backwards and forwards. Um, this is a few years ago um, when I was doing quite a lot of quite doing quite a lot of shows at the same time, um, and uh, yeah. that was I would say one of my top tips for learning lines is repet- like I say repetition. Go back, just keep learning your cue lines because whenever you're in a, rehearsing it at home, it will be completely different the minute you get back into the, mm. the, the room anyway. So don't worry about it. Don't everybody goes oh I knew this at home. And you do know it at home, mm. but because you're in a different place with other people, it doesn't mean you don't know it. You just got to trust yourself and, you know, go with it and make the mistakes. I, I completely agree with you. I always try and learn, not just my line, but the line before. So yeah. that when I know it's coming. And if it doesn't happen, I kind of think you can react a bit better because you know what should have happened. And if they miss, because if you can't remember sort of your cue before, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to sort of, 
you know, because people do sort of fluff or forget a line. So I think you're not going to be able to react as well if you don't know what was supposed to be leading yeah. up to yours. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, like you say, you've got to learn the lines before your cue lines as well. Um, so I would also suggest that you l- let you learn the blocking first before you learn the script, because you're going to be going, okay, so I was previously there when I learned this line. Um, but if you've changed the blocking, your memory is going to go, oh, hang on a minute, no, I was there, no, I was over here. So learn the blocking first, go through that with the director, and then learn the lines. And it also gives you a little bit of extra grace. You're not putting your pressure on yourself straight away. Yeah, I think that's quite similar to me. I mean, the way I learn lines is I had an app for a long time. And I will put the app or like the name of the app here, if I remember. Um, if I don't, you won't see that. Uh, but I remember when I used to type my my pages, and actually quite often the entire script, into this app, especially when I had a leading role. And what mm. it would do was it would read through, I knew you got like Google text-to-speech, but it would read through the lines and stop when it was yours. And right. you, could, you could choose to have your line be read out or not. So yeah. when you were building up your learning lines, you would hear all the lines in the scene, and then you'd know when to come in. And I found that really helped for me yeah. because it it was just basically having a rehearsal all of the mm. time. Yeah. If, cool. I, so even if I was doing whatever, I would have um, the app just playing with my lines on. So I could always hear, a bit like a dictaphone, yeah. but you, you can just turn off your own lines so you can read them in. And That's I cool. thought that really that helped really cool. with me. And if I say, if I remember, the name of the app will be there. See since I started, technology has changed so much. I mean, I, the dictaphone that I used, some, I got originally, was a little mini cassette. So I had, to, I had to rewind it, record over it, turn it over, you know, if it got to the end. So I had cassette. Manual I've, work, Adam, manual work. Oh, uh, tell me, I, you know, I have people to do that for me. <laughs> I I I never use like technology for things. I think it's just too. I like just sort of having the paper in front of me and then just getting rid of it. I find sort of getting other things in just sort of complicates it for me. And I think I'm just a bit too lazy to use other things. On the other side, sorry to interrupt you, Lucy, but you've mentioned that about the paper. As a director, I know that it's important for actors to know what they're doing, but. If I say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mean. I like to think I'm not a mean director. But I can possibly say, comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Been under you before. Um, but if, uh, don't say like that. No. no, um, no. <laughs> I've done three shows with the guest. Which he whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, this is a family-friendly podcast, this is. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to actors and performers having to use their script. You're right, Ben. You okay? Sorry. It's all right, it's fine. It's all right. I'll just I'll just say my just, bit. You carry on. Just carry on. Um, so uh, if I say books down, mm. that doesn't necessarily mean I'm expecting people to know it off by heart by then, but I just want people to give it a try without their books. Mm. Okay? Oh, so it's not it's not a case of going, you need to know it absolutely off by heart. So for me as a director, there's several stages that um, you go through as a director and as a cast. You've got your blocking stage, which is where you learn where you're going. You've got your line learning stage, where you 
learn your lines, but you're still going through the blocking. And then once you've got your lines down, there's the actual hard work. That the, and usually as a director, that's the, the shortest time because you want as much time as possible to get the actors to put the books down and to get used to the space, to get used to using props, to get used to knowing what they're doing and being confident in what they're doing. Um, so that for me is my that's like a three-stage process. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I get that. I mean, I, I mostly only directed kids predominantly. I did a lot of kids work on, but on Shakespeare. So I was given a big group of kids and told to put a Shakespeare play on. And that is that's quite a hard task. Tough. That's tough. Um, especially like year seven, year eight. So they're what, 13, 14? Yeah. So it's hard. But one thing I was taught when I was that age and I used when I was directing them was with Shakespeare in particular, when you're learning lines, if you have a, a just in your room, wherever you are, if you're reading them out loud and every time your character's intention changes in that scene, they change motivation, you quite literally turn yourself yeah. physically and, and walk in a different direction. And I found when I was learning lines that really helped with characterization. But for my actors that I had um, when I was directing them, they took that and ran with it because they were like, actually, it's a, when they were performing, these young kids who don't know, you can't translate Shakespeare because it's really hard, um, were finding that they understood the lines without knowing exactly what they were saying. So they knew what their character wanted. And that um, really helped. I'm going to say something quite possibly controversial here. Mm. And I think actors, especially young actors or new actors, mm -hmm. should do Shakespeare even though people think it's really hard and really difficult to understand. Yes, it is old language, but when you under, if you get one of these books that translates what you're doing, I always say, if you can perform it so that an average person, and you, you've got to just over-egg it a little bit, mm. that gives you more of a skill in acting initially than being a really subtle and really you know, nuanced actor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and he learned so much from that. Mm. And I've only done one show. I'd love to do more. I've only done one Shakespeare play myself. Um, it was great fun. It was great fun. I loved it. Which one was that that you did? Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh. I was, that, uh, that's the only Shakespeare I've done. And I did, I didn't performed. And then we did extracts. So we did, uh, it was like a half an hour condensed cut. And we and we actually I did a revolving cast. Why didn't yeah. two scenes? But I played bottom. And that was yes. one of the best things I've done. That was the most, just the most fun. But then that's why I got picked to do with, and picked up to do with this direction work. And I directed um, uh, Romeo and Juliet, yeah. which was great fun. And then we started and nearly finished Comedy of Errors and then COVID hit and we had to cancel it. Yeah. Um, but we were really close to the end. But at two different places, two completely different casts. And both of them, both casts picked up Shakespeare remark really well, mm. got what they were saying, knew what they were doing and could, get, could give really quite convincing performances yeah um it was brilliant to see so in terms of rehearsals mm. and etiquette it's tough again i don't like to be mean but at the same especially in amateurs it's like you're there for fun but at the same time you have, yeah. got, a, you have got a job to do but there's, there's, sort of, there's that point isn't there the worst the worst etiquette i think is being late and unprepared yes for rehearsals just those two i think are big cardinal sins for rehearsals i don't mind people being late if they've got a reason for being late oh yeah if they've got like a genuine reason but if yeah. they're just persistently late and like they don't even sort of say oh sorry about it they just sort of breeze in that's, yeah. that's just a bit rude it's sort of like because you're holding everyone else up at the yeah, end exactly 
that's the thing for me that I found when I was directing Haunted Cabin, which was my first adult direction role. And I found and with that in particular, that was a really, because A, I was sort of infiltrating a group of friends at the point who all knew each other. Mm-hmm. So I was having to come in and go, right, basically shut up and get on with the work almost at some point. And that wasn't the nicest thing to do. There were, there were, um, I was only assistant director, so there was obviously the main director above me who was working on that. And that sort of took that role a bit more, and I was able to to be the nice one. I think, Lucy, can you back me up? Because <laughs> you were in that production. I I hope I was the nice one. In that nice one. one. <laughs> but it was a bit of good cop bad cop with that to get some people, not knowing many names, to get up and do the stuff. Um, because it was a points a bit of a bit of a push. But um, but I learned a lot on that in terms of sort of like the line of where the sort of social aspect ends and the real we're here to do something and we have two months left to do it kind of thing yeah. um that happened with that show and i hope that i can take that forward and be the nice smiley director that i would like to be sometimes you can't be there ben no sometimes you have to be that guy um maybe because i was still i'm so much younger yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, i don't want to I'm not saying that I'm not saying you have point. to be. No, I'm not saying you have to have to be all the time, but there are occasions when you have to go look, guys. And I, and again, there's ways and means of doing it because people react in different ways, and people learn things in different ways, and people learn things at different speeds. So you, it's no point going to everybody, right? You all need to pull your socks off. But at the same time, you don't want to go to somebody individually and go, "Can you pull your pull your finger out your backside because we need to get it on?" You know. On, on the road and it's finding that balance etiquette wise things that I hate are people that I hate lazy actors people that turn up because they've been offered a role and they think it's a shoe in and they don't think they've got anything to do I would much rather work with somebody who's willing to give it 110% in the tiniest role because then I can see their potential for something else If somebody is lazy and doesn't want to work hard at getting it right or take on board, even if it's a case of they don't want to discuss what it's a case of, yeah, okay, fine. It's like, what do you think about it? You know, it's not just me telling you what you need to do. I need to know what you think because you've got to be comfortable with it. I think you need to be infused by it as well, don't you? I think especially I found with a performer and working with you, Adam, it was really much a case of if I ask you the questions about what I can do better, I'll get the answers and I can yeah. prove what I'm doing. Yeah. I think I thought it was really that was really helpful. I think as well, adding on to what you've just said, Ben, being able to actually take constructive criticism yes. because you're never gonna you're never gonna learn otherwise. Like I'd I'd rather somebody was just very honest and told me what I needed to do to do something better than just and you can't ignore it either because if it was a very blunt if it's a very honest truth it's kind of like you've got to acknowledge that exactly. because you're never gonna sometimes the truth hurts and you've yep. got to learn from that i think that's that's the thing i'm i'm fearing most about my next project and i'm going to go and direct i'm a bit like oh god i've got to try and be uh, because it i think it will just be me as a director i've got to be both sides of that coin i've got to be that uh, when, when i need if i if i need to be uh, that's going to be my hardest challenge is, is sort of getting over the fact that I, I don't like confrontation and I would never, ever, ever want to upset anybody because that's not what I, I like. 
I can't think of many shows where I've that I've directed where I've had to have confrontation. Okay. So don't you know it, it, you only have to be the bad guy in the sense that guys we need to get your books down now. Yeah. You know. But you that's what I've it. got the fear of. Mm. If they wanted, but again, this is this is another bit about mm. etiquette. Is if people are committed enough, they'll do it. Yeah. Listen to the director. Listen to what the director's got to say because the director's the person in charge in a room. Mm. You know, a director can still be friendly, can still be pally, can still have a laugh and a joke. But at the end of the day, then rehearsal. It, and again, it depends on the director. It depends on the person. If that person doesn't have very good social skills or know how to deal with people, their message isn't going to come across very well. Mm. Yeah? And you've almost, you've almost got to be a manager because not only have you got the people in front of you, but you've got other things to think about as well. You've got technical bits, set bits, dress bits, all sorts of things. Mm. But at the moment, you need that, mo- that focus in the room. So I think, yeah, I think Adam, that's a really good point to end our discussion on this week. So yes, thank you all for that little conversation. Uh, I think that actually brings us to the end of the episode oh, for this week. It's gone by, it's gone really quickly. We've yeah, it has, yeah. Had internet issues and all kinds of things and you wouldn't uh, know because the magic of editing. Yay! Um, it's been a really fun uh, hour and a half. So... <laughs> <sighs> Well, we don't tell the people that. No, it's we don't. Great. It's all stays in the edit. What you see is a nice shiny version of what oh, we, the magic theatre. Um, and I've got to edit that this afternoon. Right, uh, Adam, yep. when you finished your fun interpretive dance, I think it's time for you to head back to the podcast cupboard again. Okay. Bye, everybody. Hopefully, the internet's a bit better in there. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah, it's head to Oh, he's sort of freezing on over place as he walks out. There we go. His head's vanished. He's, bye, Adam. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. He's sort of headless as he walks Come out. Come on. Bye, everybody. You got so the this time, didn't you, Ben? Uh, yes, it is. Also, what's that weird shape that's emerged behind him? <laughs> There's some oh, form of ghost in his same house. jacket every time. Oh, wow. <laughs> So all that remains to be said is a big thank you for everyone for listening and watching. If you'd like to support us further, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Encore Offstage Pod. We also have a Patreon where you can support us a little bit more, and you'll find a link to that in the description. He's come back! It's all right, I forgot something. I've seen a bit. Bye. Bye. Uh, a link to our Patreon page will be in the description down below. If you fancy, you can give us a rating or review on your podcast app of choice. That would really, really help. If you're watching on YouTube, um, subscribe, like, comment, notification bell, all that fun stuff. You can now find on, on YouTube as well two playlists. There's plays for our season one episodes and our season two episodes there. So all it makes me said is thank you so much for listening and watching. And from me, Lucy and Adam, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow high energy episode guys we, we, didn't, we, we, we didn't all feel really shattered throughout that <laughs>